So those things have happened and were happening in their lifetime, but here you and I sit and Jesus still hasn't returned. So there is an indication that somehow what he's talking about with the Son of Man returning on the clouds and and coming back, that that still hasn't happened. But when these things that he says that will be unmistakable, the darkening of the sun, the moon, the stars falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens being shaken, that will happen and it will not be the case that, it, that people will pass away before Jesus comes back when that starts to happen. That's how I read this, that this generation refers to the generation that it is living when those particular things start to happen related to the Son of Man's return. That's what I see, because you and I sit here and he hasn't come back. Yeah. And I was, yeah, thoughts? He, I was just going to say, he just... He just keeps saying, be on guard with exclamation points. You know, know, be alert, exclamation point. Watch, exclamation point. Don't let him find you sleeping. So don't you think that that's kind of just encouragement and and a a warning of like, he was telling them then that time and then thousands of years later, us, it's still like, hey, you you just don't know. It's like... It, there's just a sense of urgency of like, it could be today, it could be tonight, I might not wake up tomorrow. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All right, welcome back to the Take and Read podcast. I have Tyler Smith from the Yee Yee Nation joining me on the podcast this week. How you doing, brother? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm probably not as busy as you are right now. I'm guessing that, uh, given the recent uh, transitions uh, in the life of the Yee Yee world. So, we we heard from Parker a couple episodes ago. He's made a transition to D.C. He's pursuing an internship there and just kind of seeing where the Lord takes that. Uh, and so he's he's kind of stepped away from Yee Yee for a, a period. And how does that – I mean, that, that leaves you to man the ship. What's that like? Yeah. What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know uh, how much time we got today or how much you want to get into it. But um, yeah, basic, on a basic level, what it means is Parker's role in this company is, is CEO. Um, but he also is, is very in the weeds and day to day. So it's almost like he, he, he has a COO role as well, you know, mm. chief operating officer. Um, a lot of product development he does. He does a lot of things besides, you know, that CEO title just implies like boss or like sit back and smoke a cigar and tell people what to do, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, and, and I'm, and I'm learning a lot of what he does because I'm, I'm taking over his job. So when me and Granger started this company, you know, years ago, I, I kind of did everything. And mm. when we were able to bust enough to hire Parker, you know, every company reaches like a bottleneck 
There was only so much I could do. And so hiring Parker just right. opened that up for me and, and grew and exploded the company and allowed me to focus more on like the creative and the building um, and, and the visionary kind of um, aspect of the business, which which I feel like I, I, I thrive in is kind of the visionary mm. um, and, and Parker's more of the integrator. So now I'm taking on kind of both of those with the visionary and the integrator. So to answer your question, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot on my plate, and if we're being fully transparent, I'm 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 pretty overwhelmed and um, a lot of different emotions and everything. But through it all, I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to God, God's voice and and what He's telling me and and what He's trying to teach me during this time because it's easy for me to just be like. Uh, you know, explode and be like, this is too much. I'm, I, you know, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm going crazy over here. And it's like, you know, the word that I keep hearing is, is patience, hmm. you know, and I, I don't, I don't need to be overwhelmed. You know, my, my personality is just like, get it done, whatever it takes, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I keep hearing patience and, and, you know, and, and I don't have to be overwhelmed. I can rest you know, Jesus rested on the seventh day. I can take a break. I can just step away if I need right. to. I don't have to get everything done today. So that's kind of what, what I'm dealing with. And, um, but like, yeah, like I was saying earlier, it's like, it's what, what is through this, this problem or through my, you know, what I think is like, you know, a lot of work on my plate. What is God teaching me? What is the opportunity? You know, and it's been great. It's like, I was, when we hired Parker, I was removed from, Hmm. a lot of duties coming back in. It's like, okay, cool. Well, here's, here's something that maybe Parker's brain didn't see, but mine is, you know, all hmm. three of us brothers are, are, have our, our different unique skills and gifts that God gave us. So it's given me an opportunity to be like, okay, maybe Parker missed this. Um, right. and, and I can, I can fix this or I, we can, you know, improve revenue here or cut this out there. And so, yeah. So, it's it's been good. It's been overwhelming, but it's been good. But um, I am ready for Parker to come back. It's only been like a week or two. <laughs> it's been like yeah, it's been a week and a half or two weeks. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so if anybody's listening to this podcast, there is definitely a burden for prayer that uh, you can hear in Tyler right now. That he he would love prayer support in this season. Um, I, I'd love to for you to talk about. Yee Yee kind of went through a transition as the Lord kind of intervened in the life of the three of you brothers. And a motto uh, was implemented for Yee Yee uh, maybe a year or two ago, wasn't it? That you guys are going to prioritize faith, family, outdoors. And that was going to be kind of the trajectory of the brand and of the company. And a lot of people wonder, well, how do you how do you as an outdoor brand make that your focus? And something that people wouldn't know unless they talk to you is that 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 becomes a a part of the culture even there at the headquarters. Uh, how have you seen faith uh, and family kind of become top priorities for the company there on site? Yeah, it's um you know, we started this company kind of started on on redneck memes, you know, and Earl Dibbles Jr. and 
it, it's evolved a lot from then. And, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, you, you always hear where, you know, what is, what is the core values of a company? And, and, you know, you need to have these and you need to tell your, tell your employees and you kind of need to live it and all these things. And we just didn't, we didn't really know um, what they were. And then, and, and somehow faith, family and outdoors just kind of, you know, nothing's by accident. You know, I, th- I think that was what the, you know, anything that we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do my best to give the glory to God and not myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was just a, a phrase that maybe I saw a t-shirt or something and it became, it kind of stuck. And when that stuck, it's like, okay, well, if this, if this is what we want this company to live by, are, are we living up to it? You know, the, mm-hmm. the, each aspect of faith and the family and outdoors. And it's like, yeah, we all outdoorsy. Easy. It kind of started outdoorsy. It's still it. We right. all love the outdoors. Yeah, we're we're good there. We'll keep we'll keep that. Obviously, um, family. We're very close knit. Family always have been. That's easy. And then faith was the one. At least for me, it's like you can't just throw faith on there. It's like what what does that really mean? And and are we really living it? And so, hmm. yeah, it's been. Um, it's kind of. It's, it's kind of one of those things, especially, you know, I'm focusing on faith because that's the, you know, the number one thing for us. But it's like, if we're going to say this and commit to it, you know, we need to die on that mountain. Hmm. And people, the fans, customers need to see the fruits of that commitment to us saying, you know, we're all about faith. And we can't let culture, we can't let haters, we can't let anybody, um, we can't compromise hmm. on that um, at all. You know, it's if this is truly in God's hands, like He's going to take it to to levels we never could, or if, if He wants to, to to can it all and shut it down and we move on to something else, we got to be okay with that. Yeah. But faith is a central part of this company, and um, I think that we've we've re- we've really over the past couple of years, by the way that we live. Um, you know, with integrity and, 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 and just being open about our faith and, and then, you know, incorporating Bible verses into our every Sunday, you know, Parker will, will come up mm-hmm. with a Bible verse that he feels, you know, on his heart that he wants to share. And, and then just, um, and then always just monitoring, you know, if, if, if something, if something comes out, some sort of piece of content comes out, we're more of a media company these days than an apparel company. Hmm. Some sort of uh, something that comes out that might compromise those values, it's it's taken down, and maybe a conversation with the person that posted it, and be like, "Hey, yeah, I know you didn't mean anything by this, but it's just kind of, just kind of that on that line of should we or should we not?" And we always go to like, you know, let's not do it if if it's compromising anything. So, and it's been tough, man. It hasn't been easy, especially mm-hmm. for you know for people in the company, it's, you know, there's not been any outbursts or, or blatant issues, but it's just like, <laughs> right. a, you know, it's, but it's been like, Hey, this is, I know you may not understand and you might think we're crazy or, you know, and that goes for me thinking Parker's crazy or he might think I'm crazy if I'm like putting my flag in the sand, but mm-hmm. that it's just accountability for everybody to be like, this is just what we do and who we are. So, yeah. And you, I mean, you guys have started to implement Bible studies. Uh, so is don't you lead something like with uh, all the employees there, uh, either daily or weekly? You guys are spending time on the word. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's um, I've never done that before, um, and 
I just felt a calling and a need for that in the office. Mm. You know, I, I was seeing Granger and Parker and, and other employees do do these things, and and I would hear about them, and I just felt a need for that to happen here. You know, and we have a bunch of part-time shippers that come in for launches or holidays, and and a lot of just really salt of the earth good people, but um, a lot of people struggling with whatever it is, you know, like every human is struggling with something, but it was just brought up, uh, you know, to the forefront with just seeing all the cool people here, all the strangers and me just trying to get to know them. And yeah, man, it just started with a, every Wednesday we started doing just to get together. And I didn't know what to do or, or how to do it, but we, I was vulnerable with that. And, um, it was just a, it was a great opportunity for us to get together and, and not only just get to know some of the new faces, mm-hmm. but, as a group of men to just to openly pray together, talk about any issues that, you know, they might be dealing with in their personal lives and, and how we can lift them up in, in prayer. And, um, dude, it's been, it's been incredible. It, right now it, we haven't done it in like, in like a week or two, because like I said, we have the majority of people during certain launches and we'll kick it back up. But all these guys are like, Hey, I'll, that might not be with us anymore. They're like, Hey, can I come back up? You know, hmm. just for the, the small group. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it's been really cool. That's awesome, man. That's encouraging. It's encouraging. And I think it's a good example for anybody out there just to say, I don't, I've never done something like this. I know something needs to be done. People are hurting. And I may not be, I may not have all the answers, but let's just get together. Let's talk. Let's share. Let's maybe just read a passage from the word and maybe there's something there. And let's pray for each other. Let's Let's intercede. And so I think that's just a great demonstration of just starting and being bold enough to do something rather than nothing when you see a need and just let the Lord use it. And so super encouraging, encourage anybody out there that if you're in a place where, yeah, whether it's a work environment, a family environment, maybe you're on a sports team or at school or wherever you find yourself, do something rather than nothing in regards to meeting needs of people around you. And you may, you're not the answer. You're not the the meter of needs. Uh, you're simply creating an environment, facilitating an opportunity for them to encounter the living God. And that's what I see with you, Tyler. And I'm super stoked by that. Well, thanks, man. And yeah, it's what we were saying earlier with the Faith Family Outdoors. You know, I had a realization like, oh, we are doing it. Mm-hmm. We're doing the faith part. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> And like, and people are seeing that. And, you know, so like I said, we have a lot of part-time people. So like, it was encouraging to think that people might go back to their normal lives or their jobs and people ask about, Oh, I saw you with Yee Yee. Like, what's that about? And, you know, it, it's encouraging to think that they were telling people that, you know, they really do live by that faith thing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, we're going to jump into the word of God. We came here to take and read. Uh, and so similar to last time, we're going to just take a passage and just so everybody knows, this is not a, a predetermined thing. Uh, we just simply open the scriptures to the next couple of verses and we pick up and, and, and wrestle with them. And we're two, two guys that are going to take a look at the text today, uh, and try to understand it, try to, understand the original context and meaning, and then try to live in light of this truth today. That's that's really the goal. So we are uh, going to look at Mark 13.
just finished Mark. I'm in John right now. So yeah, we're Mark 13 and we are looking at verses 28 through 31, just a few short verses, but this is a, the last several episodes have covered this interesting section of the gospel of Mark. And just to, in brief summary, you have Jesus and his disciples had been in the temple. They had left the temple. One of the disciples commented on the wonderful buildings of the temple and the magnificent structures and jesus makes a comment that the time is coming where all of this this wonderful temple all of these buildings will be laid to waste they will be completely and utterly destroyed and we know that that eventually takes place in 70 a.d so uh, roughly um roughly 65 no, I would say roughly 30 years after the events that we're reading. So it's within the lifetime of the people that are present. And the the disciples start to ask him, specifically Peter, James, John, and Andrew later on, like, hey, you know, you said the temple was going to be destroyed. What what would be the signs and kind of what's the timeline of that? What, what, when can we anticipate this? And so he starts to talk about tribulation and the things that are going to happen that will result in kind of the end of the world. And he doesn't give a date. He doesn't give specifics. He talks about things that will be happening and tribulation and trials that believers will go through. But he says that these are not the signs of the end times. They're simply the kind of the things that happen in anticipation of those end times. And so it's very kind of yeah, it's it's a topic that's fun to kind of for people to explore, wonder about, try to predict, but at the same time Jesus leaves it vague enough to where that's maybe the not the best use of our time to try to predict it, but to be ready that it could come at any time. Uh he then kind of close closes out in the um, verses immediately preceding what we'll read today with the idea that there is going to be a day when Jesus comes back. He uses this term son of man, which is referring back to some some statements in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament that actually refer to him as the Messiah, that he is going to come, he's going to come on the clouds, it's going to be obvious to all, and then he's going to send his angels and he, they're going to go collect all of the elect or the believers that are in Christ. And, and so that's Let's where- go. Right? So then it's like, okay, we all kind of go up I'm and ready. join him and let's do this thing. And so then that that's where he's continuing that thought where we pick up today. And so we're in chapter 13, verse 28. We'll read through 31. I'm in the ESV translation. What do you got today? Uh, NIV. NIV. Okay. So uh, we'll take a look at this passage and then let's just wrestle with it a little bit. Uh, So starting in verse 28, from the fig tree, this is Jesus still speaking, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things take place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Man, there's stuff there in there. <laughs> yeah. Did you know I love trees? No, I didn't. So this verse like speaks to me. I, I was in, <laughs> I was uh, climbed a tree yesterday. Actually, I was pruning. Like January is the time to prune, especially okay. oaks. So you don't, they don't get like oak wilt and they're all dormant right now. Yeah. So like, yeah, this speaks to me, man. The trees so, are a huge passion of so mine. So break that down. He's using an analogy of the fig tree, which could be true of any tree. In and so, what is he saying? There's there's this time at which we can learn a lesson from the fig tree, and that is, as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know summer is near. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So right now everything's dormant. So right now is like a good, any time between November and December, January is a good time to plant because everything's dormant. So there's no, there's less shock when you're transporting from the nursery to the, to the new soil, to the, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's sleeping basically. So now's the best time to do that. And also prune, um, cause there's no bugs. There's no, you know, they can't get it. There's no sap. So they can't transfer like diseases from trees and all that sort of thing. Um, are the are the branches to... and limbs like more brittle or stiffer because they're dormant right now? No, you know, obviously some have leaves and some don't. Like you know, some some trees are evergreen, etc. Uh, but no, there's no firmness or like difference in that. Okay, but but yeah, this basically this time, like I said, I plant trees every year. About during this time, I plant a lot of fruit trees. You know, pear, persimmon, plum. Um, and this is the time to do that. And it's always exciting to me because spring is around the corner. And, and as soon as you start seeing that green, that green mm. up, it's just, I don't know, man, I just love it. I love everything about it. Yeah. And so you said what you called the green up is a indication that buds are starting to appear. There's things that are now, the trees are coming awake. They're, they're waking yeah. up from winter. They've, they've been dormant or hibernating and now they're waking up. And is it, it's, it happens pretty quick where it goes from dormancy, you see a little green and then all of a sudden game on it's. Yeah. And, and it depends on the tree. Like, you know, right. there's a plum tree at mom's place where it's like, it's usually the, the, one of the first ones to start blooming. And, you know, and I, I know the date because when dad passed away in March, um, it blooms around that time, like mm -hmm. early March beautiful white, you know, flowers and it smells amazing. The bees start coming and pollinating and all that stuff. And, um, and, but it only lasts like a week, like, you know, those flowers. So, but every tree, every, every, you know, fruit or oak, everything's different of kind of, but, it, but the spring there's, you know, that window, a month or two window when everything starts wakening up. So, yeah. So I love this, uh, this visual and this analogy. Okay. So he says the lesson that we're to learn is from the fig tree and it seems to be that there is a, a time in which there are indicators on the tree that a new season is right around the corner. And so what you call, you basically called it the green up. So he's, Jesus is basically saying, learn the lesson from the fig tree. When you see the green up, summer's, it's coming. Like it's right around the corner. Spring is almost here. Like the next season is not far. And so he's using that very uh, tangible and probably very relatable to that, to his disciples. 
who probably every year would have been excited when they start to see the green up. Like, hey, sweet, we can start to harvest. We, there's going to be start to be life again. There's going to be fruit. There's going to be figs. This is great. He's like, in the same way that that is an indicator of something right around the corner, when you see these things take place, you know that he, Jesus, the son of man, is near. And so we have to go back and go, okay, what are those things that, what would be the equivalent to the green up that indicates Jesus is about to come back? That's the question. Yeah. And so he talks about um, the, in verse 24, if you jump a little bit earlier to where what we read in the last episode, he says, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in heavens will be shaken and then they will see the son of man. So the thing we have to wrestle with, is he talking about those kind of things? Like the sun will be darkened. There'll be like a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. So whether you're on the part of the planet that is at nighttime or you're on the part of the planet that's during the daytime, whether you see the sun or the moon in the sky, both will be darkened. Heavens will be shaken. So the skies will shake. Uh, and then, and stars will be falling from heaven. So presumably those are like meteors or something. Mm-hmm. Then, then, you know, he's, it's, it's here. Like he's, he's coming. I think the, the thing I wrestle with, is he talking about those being the, the things that we would see taking place that would mean the end is near? Or is it the tribulation that he talks about even before that, where he's like, in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will do these things. And I would say, I, as I wrestle with it right now, he's, since he's talking about the return of the Son of Man, his, his own return, he must be talking about after that tribulation, then these certain signs will happen, these lunar and solar eclipse, a meteor shower, presumably, that's all going to start to happen. And we go, all right, game on, unmistakable. And it's just like when we see buds starting to appear on branches of fruit trees, we go, man, spring's here. Like it's, yeah. it's right. It's, it's on. There's no time to waste. Is that haven't what you're seeing? Buds, haven't these buds, what I see is like, haven't these buds been, you know, green for a long time, you know, you, you know, and I don't know where it is, but doesn't he talk about earthquakes and, and wars and, and, and all these things in addition to what you mentioned that, that are already happening. Yeah. So he says that for for a long time. Yeah. He says earlier in this chapter, you're spot on. He says, uh, if you look earlier in chapter 13, um, as he first begins this conversation with the disciples and they're like, Hey, so when is all this going to be accomplished? Verse five, he says, and Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I'm he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. So what he's saying is there is a season where it's going to feel like the tribulation and it's going to feel like the end of the world, but it's not yet. Those are simply what he calls um, the birth pains in verse eight. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pain. So he uses another analogy there, right? That it's like a woman who is in labor. 
she is going to have birth pains long before she actually delivers the baby. And so these types of things, these wars, these rumors of wars, these famines, these individuals that will get up and say, I am the Christ, I am Jesus' return, these are these are Has just the birth done pains. That? Oh yeah, um, there there were not only like people I in that Jesus. People have said that, like not recently though, right? Yeah. So in the nineties, you had David Koresh in Waco, Texas. He said he was Jesus. Yep, he claimed oh, wow. to be Jesus' return and that he was the Messiah, and mm-hmm. he led this big cult, uh, and that ended very brutally because the ATF got involved stormed the the ranch that they were on uh just outside of waco and yeah a lot of people were led astray and it was horrible and so in human history there's been all kinds of people that have made these claims to be deity and are not him yeah it's crazy yeah so all these birth pains have been happening for a while right and so you've got that the the these kind of things right that the beginning of the green up but uh it doesn't mean that summer's here yet but he then so he says in 24 but in those days after that tribulation so there will be a particular tribulation that occurs and after that occurs then these things will start to happen which mean it's right around the corner he's he's about to get here and it's going to be obvious if you're if it's daylight out, you're not going to see daylight. The sun's going to go dark. If it's at nighttime where you are, the moon's going to go dark. And there's the heavens are going to shake, the stars are going to fall. It's going to feel it it's going to be unmistakable. So we as believers, yeah. if we start seeing that stuff, we just go, "All right, game on. Let's do this." Um and so he's trying to make a point with that analogy of the fig tree that also when you see these things take place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Then he says in 30, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So 30 and 31 are, man, those are verses that we have to wrestle with because you wonder who is he talking about like that's what immediately my mind goes to. Truly I say to you, this generation. Which generation is he talking about? Right. Is he talking about the one that's right there listening to him? Like the one he's got his disciples there and they're in the first century and they're in Jerusalem. And is he saying this one? Like, is he pointing to you guys and all the people alive right now? Is he talking about that generation that has experienced the tribulation? Or is he talking about the people that are the generation after that great tribulation that see these incredible signs similar to that of the fig tree getting ready for summer, that generation, when they experience that, this generation experiencing the solar eclipse, the lunar eclipse, the heavens falling, or the stars falling, the heavens shaking, that generation will not pass away before the end comes. It's not like all of that; those signs are going to happen and then a generation will pass and then he'll come, but is the indication that the generation that experiences these unmistakable signs, the green up, mm-hmm. if you will, that they will also experience the coming of Christ. That's well, I'm seeing, as far as this generation goes, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not seeing anything that happened, you know, 
that that didn't wasn't already happening at that time just as it is now you know as far as like earthquakes famine famines uh you know everything that you know nation will rise against nation be on your guard like those are things that happened then when jesus was Mm -hmm. speaking to whoever he was speaking to right yeah there's certainly elements of that and are those the what he's talking about in the first like 10 verses are those the rumors of wars the wars are those the birth pains but not the delivery of the baby and because eventually 30 years later in their lifetime uh nero will come and destroy the temple and that is considered the abomination of desolation that he talks about later in 13 and so they see the temple destroyed and yet he does not return at that time so they're experiencing all the stuff that he's talking about and there was even during that time which is interesting um he says uh He talks about in verse 14, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, that is desecrating the actual altar and the temple, uh, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop go down, enter into a house, his house, take anything out, or nowhere enter his house, take anything out. Let the one who is in the field not return back to his cloak. So basically there's going to be this moment in their future where the abomination of desolation. Somebody's going to come and desecrate the temple and they're not to stick around because there's going to be a great persecution at that time. Over in Jerusalem, I believe it's called Masada. There is a a village, kind of a fort or something like that, a palace or something that was built high up on this mountain that was presumably built so that there was a place to go of refuge when this took place. And when, when the, when the temple's being destroyed in 70 AD, the Jews of that region fled to Masada, this high up temple on a mountaintop, so that it was fortified and they could be safe. And it was several years later before that was conquered and toppled as well. And so there's even the sense that that kind of played out in, in Jewish history around 70, 74 AD. So those things have happened and were happening in their lifetime, but here you and I sit and Jesus still hasn't returned. So there is an indication that somehow what he's talking about with the son of man returning on the clouds and and coming back, that that still hasn't happened. But when these things that he says that will be unmistakable the darkening of the sun, the moon, the stars falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens being shaken, that will happen, and it will not be the case that, it, that people will pass away before Jesus comes back when that starts to happen. That's how I read this, that this generation refers to the generation that it is living when those particular things start to happen related to the Son of Man's return. That's what I see because you and I sit here and he hasn't come back. Yeah. And I was, yeah. Thoughts? He, I was just going to say, he just, he just keeps saying, be on guard ex- with exclamation points. 
you know, you you know, be alert, exclamation point, watch, exclamation point. Don't let them find you sleeping. So don't you think that that's kind of just encouragement and, and a, a, a warning of like, he was telling them then that time. And then thousands of years later, us, it's still like, Hey, you, you just don't know. Yeah. It's like, it, there's just a sense of urgency of like, it could be today. It could be tonight. I might not wake up tomorrow. So do what he wants you to do and don't do what he, you know, doesn't want you to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like, think it that's such a me. good reminder. Yeah. Oh, that's so it good. It scares me, dude. And like the, um, you know, of like, especially like my younger years, let's just say my college years when I never was much of a partier, but I did drink and I did get drunk and that sort of thing. And it scares me thinking like, man, do you really want to be drunk and, and, and not sober when God comes back? You know? <laughs> yeah. You, like, dude, you, it scares the crap out of me. Like if we knew that tomorrow at noon he was going to return, you imagine how you would order and orient the rest of the next, you know, day of your life, you would get your everything in order. You'd get everything set up and you wouldn't be found, uh, you know, doing the stuff that you shouldn't be doing. You're exactly right. And we don't live with that sense of urgency. We don't live as though today could be the last. We live like, no, we're guaranteed a good another 20 years. And there is no guarantee, not even for another 20 hours. Yeah. Uh, there is no guarantee. And he says, and I think your point that we, I think we as, as humans, we love, we love to be in the know. We like to be the people that know things and we love to be the ones that get to share. Like when there's just hot, fresh news, when we get to be the one that tells people about it, we love that because it brings notoriety to ourselves. So there is this general curiosity and desire to know, you know, when God's coming back. When is Jesus returning? Man, wouldn't we love to be the ones to figure it out? And but like if we s- knew that, if we knew that, wouldn't that just give us like, oh, dude, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to go party. I'm going to drink. I'm going to, you know, blow this money or do exactly. this or do that, right? Like, yes, I think we. Would, it's exactly we what we would when. do. But to your point... Th- that's why we shouldn't focus on the when. We should focus on the how we're living right now. Are Do we trust Jesus, and does it show in our life? Right? I mean, there's yeah. another lesson from what the fig tree. What do I need to clean up right yeah. now? Elsewhere, Jesus will say, you will know them by their fruits. You don't call a, a tree that grows pears, you don't call it a fig tree. It's a pear tree because it, it produces pear. You can say, no, I, on the package it said uh, a fig tree, and so I planted the seed, so it's a fig tree no matter what. Well, no, if it produces pears, it's a pear tree. Stop calling it a fig tree just because that's what you want to call it. And so mm-hmm. the same with us. We're Christians, we're followers of Christ, and we believe him to be the Son of God if we bear the fruit of the Spirit in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. On the other hand, if you're saying you're a Christian and you are bearing hatred and selfishness and greed and you're you're not being generous with other people and you're condemning, these are marks that you're not 
you're, Christ is not in you if that's what the kind of fruit you're producing. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, it, it matters not when, but how. How are we living? What are we producing in our life? What kind of fruit? Yeah. Man. And constant repentance and prayer to yes. to help and to, to realize that nobody was perfect but Jesus and, and all those things that you mentioned. We all we all have those, you know, outbursts or anger or jealousy, greed, all these things, but it's like well, it's just the realization of like, whoa, like forgive me, Lord, like steer me yes. back in the direction you want to steer me. Because that is gonna happen for all yeah. of us. Yeah, Paul says in Colossians 2, he says, in the same way you received Christ Jesus, walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Well, how did we receive Jesus? Well, the gospel is such that when we hear the good news of Jesus Christ, we're also hearing the real news that we're sinners, that we're broken, and that we we are not perfect and we can't secure for ourselves salvation And so we need Jesus, and so we confess faith in him, we confess our sin, we repent, and we turn to him, we recognize sin for what it is, and we turn to Jesus. And he says, in the same way that you receive Jesus, with faith and repentance, walk in him. So every day when we realize, man, we've missed the mark today, and the Spirit of God convicts us, and and he's like, hey, that jealous heart you have, that's not of me. And we go, you're right, Lord. I totally agree with you. I confess that, and I'm going to turn to you, Lord. I'm not going to sit there and and worry about my sin. A lot of people will go, man, I'm aware of my sin, and they focus on their sin, and they they sit there and try to figure out how, ways that they can stop it, and, they, and what they end up doing is they're just uh, sidelined by just focusing on sin and not doing it and how bad it is, and they lament, and yeah. they're ashamed, and they just hang out talking and thinking about their sin, and they don't look to Jesus. The idea of repentance is that I I recognize sin for what it is, but I don't sit there and obsess with it. I don't sit there and lament over it. I don't have a pity party about it. I turn from it, and I look to Jesus, and I focus on him and not my sin. That's repentance, like you said. And we do that day in, day out. And another thing that sticks out in this passage is that last verse. He's talking about this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And then he says in 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Yep. I love that. I have that written down. I mean, underlined. Um, So what does he mean though, when obviously I understand earth will pass away and we'll be in heaven, but what does he mean when he says heaven? Yeah. So anytime you see heavens plural like that in the, in the scriptures, it's referring to the plural. Oh, yours says heaven. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The idea is that the physical creation will pass away. So anytime you see the coupling of heaven and earth, it's referring to the the physical land and the skies above. That's heaven. Okay, okay. It, heaven it's not, and it's earth. Not the heaven with him. Yeah, gotcha. it's not eternity in heaven. It's gotcha. referring to... The world as we know it is going to pass away. It's all going to burn. Everything yep. that we're investing in on planet Earth is going to pass away, except for two things. He says here, his words will not pass away. So the word of God will remain. It's eternal. And the other thing that's eternal are the souls of men. So humanity, human souls, and the word of God are the two things that are eternal. Everything else will pass away. So... One of the things that I think is important. You mean even my trees that I was pruning yesterday? 
Yeah. So get the fruit while you can, brother, and enjoy <laughs> how lovely they are. Yeah, the idea that uh, heaven and earth as we know it will pass away, but God's word will not, nor will the souls of men, his image bearers, male and female, humanity will not ultimately pass away, but be eternal. So don't focus on when he's coming back. Focus on the how and the what. How are you living? What are you producing? What are you living for? And if you're going to invest in anything, the the wisest investment are in things that will last forever. So invest in the word of God and let that fuel your investment in the people around you. Because that's going to last forever. And there will be a new heavens and a new earth, we're promised. And then all those trees, Tyler, there's going to be a whole grove that's just the Tyler Smith Grove, and it's going to be luscious, and it's going to last. I was thinking that. I was like, <laughs> can you imagine, you know? Yeah. I was thinking that, too. Like, the orchard that I'm going to see, just, you know, hills and hills, like, can't even imagine what it's going to be like with the fruit and the, the yeah. beauty and all that. All these trees that I plant down here, like, as much as I love it, you know, 75% of them die, you know, especially mm. at mom's place because I can't get water out there. And, you know, we just went through a horrible drought in Texas last summer. And, um, yeah. so I'll come out there, it'll be a month maybe or two before I come and I'll come back and there, a lot of them are dead. And I'm like, dang, yeah. all that time and money and resources put into this. And, um, that's, yeah, but that, that's a cool, I was thinking the same thing. That won't be happening in heaven. Amen. Yeah. And it's fun to imagine heaven with, because it's described, the new Jerusalem is described as having a city. And in the middle of the city, it's a garden city. So right in the middle of the, the city in the new Jerusalem, there's a river that flows. And in spanning that river is a large tree that straddles the river. So this river runs through the base of this tree and it says that it has 12 branches yielding its 12 kinds of fruit. And so there's some symbolism there as to this tree representing the fullness of, of God's people. Uh, but there's a tree right in the middle of it. And so it's a garden city. You have buildings and trees and there are walls, which indicates there's stuff outside of the walls. And so there, I imagine a vast wilderness where there's animals and because you think about earth was was his first creation and the beauty that he implemented in the garden of Eden. And you think about animals and trees and all the stuff like that wasn't the best of his creation, but he's, he's indicated that the new creation, the new heavens and earth will be the ultimate kind of pinnacle of what he, of his, of his efforts. And so we have a lot to look forward to. Yep. So I think as people read passages like this, don't get sad. And don't get, don't be afraid about, you know, when and how, just focus on him, invest in the word of God, invest in people, and just realize there is so much to hope for because whenever our lives end or this, this earth and creation as we know it ends, there's a new one coming for those who are in Christ that is going to be more glorious than we could possibly imagine. And to be on guard and be alert and get your priorities straight. Amen. Amen. Man, this is a good time in the word. Uh, if anybody's uh, tuning in that has questions, um, I would encourage you email me, take and read pastor or take and read podcast at gmail.com. 
And if you have questions for Tyler, I will get those. Uh, last time we had some questions I was able to send Tyler's way, but enjoy the interaction. Uh, encourage you guys to rattle sabers and wrestle with these truths as well through the comments. Uh, I think that's always a, a lively discussion for those that participate in that. But what you have witnessed is two guys that believe this to be the very word of God, that, that God spoke and he revealed himself exactly how he wanted to reveal himself through the word of God. Uh, we, we believe this to be lessons and wisdom for us to live by. And so both of us, you know, you heard us talking through various things happening in life right now, especially for Tyler. And there's, there's truth here and there's life here uh, as, as we go about our day. And so we're two guys that are going to humbly try to live according to these truths and uh, love people and invest in the word of God and be on guard because we don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. We have today. And so we're going to be faithful in today. Yeah. Uh, and to words? your point, yeah, for, for the people listening, um, do everything Chad just said. Go follow him on Take and Read podcast on Instagram, right? Yeah. At Take and Read. What yeah. is that the handle? Follow him. And then if you have questions, like he said, if it's easier for you, you can email them to Chad. But also just go post a question, go comment on this podcast that I'm sure um, this episode that Chad will post on that Instagram. Yeah. If you have a question for either of us, I'll go check it um, when it's up and uh, do my best to answer all of them. Awesome. Well, be blessed, my friend. Praying for you. Encourage what brother. God's doing. Uh, continue to gather those folks on Wednesdays and and just invest in them. Invest in the Word. Invest in them. Uh, super encouraged. And for everyone out there, go take and read the Word of God. Blessings. Blessings.